That night I had a dream. I drifted off thinking about happiness, birth, and new life. But now I was haunted by a vision of blah 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 blah. blah. He was horrible. I want to suck your blood. I also want to suck your twinkie. A man with all the powers of hell at his command. Oh, vision! Is this in 3D? No, but your face is. You could turn the day into night. Have a nice flight. And laid the waste to everything in his path. Ah, oh, well, Peter Piper picked a pepper. I guess I did. It was especially hard on the little things, the helpless and the gentle creatures. You mean my wife? He let the scorched earth in his wake be foul on even the sweet desert breeze that whipped across his brow. You mean my wife? I didn't know where he came from or why. You mean my wife? I know if you would dream or vision. You mean my wife? But I feared that I myself had unleashed him. You mean my wife? Also, yes, to answer your question, Luke, Raising Arizona is currently playing on Hulu, so we all have ways to watch it. Uh, okay, and it's not only playing on Hulu if you have HBO? Cool, then it's also on HBO, which I also have. Okay. Uh, or correction, my father. <laughs> I use my mom's HBO. HBO, nice. a family company. I mean, it does stand for home. I just assumed the home stood for your parents' home. Who Family pays for the service? Office. Who still pays for cable yes. like a sucker. Mm-hmm. But I pay for, well, we get, I pay for HBO without commercials. And my parents use that, so it's even. He means Hulu. Hulu, just... yeah. Okay, I was going to say, I was just like, HBO does not have commercials. But it could if it wanted to. Oh, uh, so yeah, I accept my commercial fate. Ooh, ooh, no. That that bums me out. I actually recently bought a season of a TV show because I didn't like the fact that the only way I had to watch it was with commercials. What what show was that? Nine one one. Oh, is that the show you're talking about with your sister? No, Luke, also be silent. Yes. Welcome back to the unbearable what? Fuck. Welcome back to the unbearable weight of Nicolas Cage. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. I think you forgot a couple words in there, but I'm Abby. What what words did I forget? This is the third episode. I know, isn't there an of in the title? The unbearable weight of Nicolas Cage. I meant being. Isn't there a being in the title? No. No. no, it's no. just the unbearable weight of Nicholas Cage. He's so heavy. Oh, now I'm checking the Patreon covers. Nope, it's just the unbearable weight of Nicholas Cage. An incredibly professional podcast. He's very bulky. He's dense. He has layers like an onion or Isn't a Isn't he filled with bees? No, they attack him. Mm-hmm. Well, he wears his that, because bee he's helmet. sweet as fuck. He probably swallowed a couple of them. I posit that he is filled with bees. Oh, well, it probably isn't like that one scene in Indiana Jones where the guy accidentally. Do eats... you think I've seen Indiana Jones? <sighs> yes. Nope. There's a scene where a guy who's playing a Nazi accidentally eats a fly because 
he was doing the take really well and he didn't want to stop even though a fly flew into his mouth. Yes. It's great. Nice. Yeah. So, Just like Leo. I always respect Leo for that. Who was Leo? You guys. Leonardo DiCaprio. It, where did he eat a fly? Didn't eat a fly. Way more hardcore. You know the scene in uh, Django Unchained where he oh, yeah. wipes his blood on Kerry Washington? Yeah, that's his that's actual his blood. Actual blood. Yep, yep. Because he cut his hand. Mr. Phrenologist does know how to not mm-hmm. get his hands bloody when dealing with skulls. That feels nope. like it probably violated some OSHA rules. Oh, 100%, but... You know what? That was a really big cut on his hand, so yeah. at the same time, props to him for not breaking character. Yeah. Because I sure as hell would have. Oh. Well, speaking of breaking character... This week we're going to watch Raising Arizona. A movie that I assume is Three Men and a Baby. I also have never seen Three Men and a Baby. Well, there are three men who help to raise a baby, but it is also not Three Men and a Baby. There's no ghost haunting this movie. I've never seen Three Men and a Baby. I've just seen the covers for both of these movies and assumed they had the same plot. My uh, homeroom teacher in 8th grade showed two movies. One of them was Wizard of Oz, so she could specifically show the scene that everyone was like, oh, it's a munchkin committing suicide. And then the second was, oh, and here's the ghost in Three Men and a Baby. The munchkin committing suicide was apparently like a bird knocking over its cage that was in the background of a shot, and then the ghost was actually a... uh, cut out of one of the actors that they just hid behind a white curtain and so its silhouette was there but people thought it was a ghost interesting mm-hmm. i knew about the munchkin one i knew that i've been disproven forever ago i did not know about three men and a baby yep i've also never seen it yeah i've only seen the so scene how do you ghost. know it doesn't have the same plot as raising arizona then I've read the Wikipedia for raising air, or I've I've read the Wikipedia for three minute a baby. Also, Holly Hunter's a woman. Yeah, but there's two other guys who deal with the baby in this movie, along with Nicolas Cage. Mm, yeah. So, so what do you think three minute a baby is about, Abby? Three men raising a baby. There. I assume it's like a baby's day out kind of situation where they just kind of randomly have a baby thrust upon them and then are responsible for its upbringing. I assume that that is pretty much this movie, but this movie probably has, like, more swearing and beer. (laughs) I'm just kind of imagining a Coen Brothers doing a just baby's day out or, like, animated one of those Tom and Jerry cartoons where it's like, you gotta watch this baby or else I'm going to murder you. And then they just keep getting the shit beaten out of them like a Buttons and Mindy cartoon. Which, Abby has not seen Animaniacs, so she doesn't get that reference. Mm-hmm. That's a good program. Back when Steven Spielberg made the TV. Get me Freakazoid again. Get Freakazoid on streaming. Devin, what is your relationship with three men and a baby? Oh, I've never seen it. God damn it! Yes! <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Racing Arizona. 
Oh, my relationship. Uh, I mean, I've seen it. I watched it in college. It was the last time I saw it. It's a very good movie. Mm-hmm. This is deemed as one of the like the a classic Cage film. It's also, I mean, since we've talked about how he's not necessarily the lead in his other films, this is like the first movie where he is like unquestionably like the lead role. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I am excited to see him not attempt to be a romantic lead because I still don't believe that. Uh, there's still a lot of romance. The romance between him and Holly Hunter in this movie is great. Mm-hmm. But is it believable? Yeah. Yes. Very much so. There's also the second Coen Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. So it's also when the two of them are trying to establish each other, which apparently there was a little bit of tension on the set. Yep, Nicolas Cage kept offering unwanted advice. Yeah. But neither of them accused him of stealing a dog, so apparently it ended okay. I don't, yeah, I don't think they like dislike each other, but there, but yeah, there was tension on set. Yeah. Because as someone best said it, it's Nicolas Cage for his acting style. He is a jazz man. He wants to like improvise and like try things out. Coen Brothers write their script. You will follow exactly what is on their script. They want nothing else. I would say this is probably one of the two most accessible Coen Brothers movies. Oh, 100%. The other one being Big Lebowski? I was, I would say Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I was going to say Oh Brother is the one I would definitely say is more accessible. Mm-hmm. I forgot it was a Coen Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they do a really good job of uh, separating what types of movies they do because the one that they did before this was blood simple which is a neo-noir i would actually also say that uh what's it called no country was also pretty accessible abby is giving me this look because i made a call back to the previous podcast that we did john wiki ah in which he forced me to read the wikipedia page on neo-noir <laughs> We both read that page. One of us just did a much better job at it. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you did much better, Abby. Thank you, Devin. To that podcast, yeah, I 100% listened to. Yeah, you and no one else said, not even me. I do not think that had... You keep making me think there's somebody outside and it's freaking me out. Devin doesn't listen to any podcasts. That's true. Period? No, not really. Occasionally I listen to Comedy Bang Bang and that's it. So when he said he listened to it, that was him being facetious. I understand that. And I went like this to try and make you think that someone was outside the window. Yeah. It's... Oh, and like in Tommy Eat Snacks, I also watched that, listened to that sometimes when that was on. How do you not... Sadly, that show is over. How do you not listen to podcasts? He works in a library where if you talk, a monster will come and eat you. No way. Right now, I brought in my little portable turntable. We are just spinning records all day long. What 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 records you throwing on? Well, for my birthday, my mom got me Dua Lipa's new album. Spinning that one a lot. Very. Also, cool. Weezer album plays at least once a day. Which which Weezer album? Oh, any of them. Well, correction. The great ones through the fine ones. We have yet to hit the bad ones. (laughs) Okay. 
Well, uh, anything else that you want to get into about this movie to set Abby up? Because I've seen this movie several times. Nice. Uh, Nicholas Cage takes his uh, inspiration for the look of his character from Woody Woodpecker, so that might help you <laughs> see how he wants to play it. Oh, God. So last time we got uh, Nicholas Cage doing Pokey the Horse from Gumby, and now we get Woody Woodpecker. Mm-hmm. Jesus. That's Cage loves his cartoons. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. But I'm excited. My interest level in this movie just skyrocketed once I learned that he took inspiration from Woody the fucking woodpecker. This also has John Goodman in it. I mean, of course, Luke. It's a Coen Brothers film. Yeah, but this was the one that got him into working with the Coen Brothers. And yeah. I, I thought Abby would give me more of a recognition like, oh, I enjoy seeing John Goodman. That just goes without saying, Luke. Everyone loves John Goodman. Is this pre or post Roseanne John Goodman? Pre. Mm-hmm. Right? When did Roseanne begin? Because this was. I was going to say, actually, I don't know. Yeah. Because wasn't Roseanne like the first big thing John Goodman did? Uh, this would have been the year before Roseanne. Then I am incorrect in that statement. This movie is not exactly what I would have called also, like, a big movie. This is, like, that movie that, like, is a beloved classic. Okay. I would, I, I don't know, what was its budget, or box office? I don't, I don't think it was, like, super huge. No, this was actually, for a while, they said this was their most successful movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's relative. Till because, they made the, no brother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, pretty successful. Six million budget for a 30 million return. John Goodman was in the movie Chuds. You know, that movie about the tiny bears from Star Wars eating people. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the. It's what they're called! Fuck you! <laughs> we watched the <laughs> Simpsons uh, New York episode last night. Nice. I was rewatching another episode too, where they also referenced the Chuds. I mean, you gotta love Chuds. I mean, I do. It's a great film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm also looking at the Cohen's filmography right now, Luke. It is not that hard for that to have been their most successful film. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I, I've seen quite a few of their movies, but I actually, quite cheerfully, I have not seen anything in between Raising Arizona and Fargo. There's a three film gap that what what movies miller's crossing barton fink and hudsucker proxy had jesus hudsucker that is uh all i know about that actually that's the movie that they wanted to make after this but they couldn't get the money for it because apparently you'll see nick cage has a a work uniform that says hudsucker on it interesting yeah. Shared universe, yo. The only thing I know about Barton Fink is from The Simpsons and No, 100%. That, the, that is uh, the only thing about that I know is just them chanting it over and over again. And also Sex Criminals, because it had the porn movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that show suddenly just, like, stopped being produced. Or that comic stopped being produced regularly. It's coming out right now, Luke. Oh. 
Yeah, but there was a, I feel like a year-long gap where there wasn't Oh, any... it was longer than that. Yeah. Well, they're doing the last arc right now. Mm-hmm. And then they can work on the TV show. Yeah. Of The Simpsons? Sex Criminals. No, Sex Criminals. Oh, okay. Sex Criminals. Mm-hmm. Sex Criminals is money about to cannibalistic humanoids living underground who come up and eat people. I'm much more interested in what you cut Devin off from saying than the explanation yeah. of what Sex Criminals is. I agree. So I wanted to win Chip Zdarsky's little... Uh, thing he was putting up for like the comic creators oh yeah the uh twitter yeah yeah we'd write you an erotic story and then read it to you <laughs> over <laughs> zoom oh and then i think ryan north also offered up the same thing nice yeah oh, comics they're coming back let's watch three men raise a baby yeah yeah uh, all right. Well, uh, currently Raising Arizona is on HBO, and it also is on Hulu, I believe. If you have HBO, uh, this is a good one. Uh, we'll be back after the movie. And we're back from watching Raising Arizona, the movie where three men steal a baby. It's actually the biopic and the introduction to the birth of the fantastic fast food franchise, Raising Cane's. Uh, Raising Cane's is named after the dog, just like Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. They named the restaurant after the dog after the movie. (laughs) Uh. apparently the entire state of arizona or at least the leaders of arizona do not like this movie fair what's not to love about your state being encompassed in a baby smuggling ring mostly because they look like country bumpkins (laughs) and the hay seeds (laughs) There was a specific group of people who were mm-hmm. getting referred to as the Hayseeds. Well, I mean, you got, and you got the cashier at the at the gas station that he robs. <laughs> well, what about the titular Which one? Nathan? Yeah, the one that the one that shoots the one that shoots at him. Ah, uh, the teen with the gun. The, yeah, the teen who looks like he's like the forty five. Yeah, I was gonna say the teen who looks like he's forty five and reading his porno mags on the job. That's Arizona. Quality team. I mean, they do have the Nathan Arizona, who is not necessarily an awful person. No, he's, he's just an got more babies. Businessman, because it's yeah. the '80s, he's and ju- that's what everybody should aspire to be. He's just got more babies than he needs. We should all help him by stealing some babies from him. Yeah, it's what Ronald Reagan would do. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not his advisors. Yes. Ronald Reagan only out to fuck the poor. <laughs> Slash have Nicolas like, Cage. You would have, like, a reverse situation if Ronald Reagan was in charge of the baby-stealing operation. Mm-hmm. God. He'd, he would rob his 
places with a loaded gun. Oh, 100%. And he would have had a chimp instead of a uh, baby with him. And some jelly beans. Yeah. And some what? Jelly beans. Oh, I thought you said Slim Jim beans, and I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Meat pellets, everyone's favorite snack. Bite into some jellies, some jerky beans. But yes, if you have not seen Raising Arizona, Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter. Who does not look like Holly Hunter at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas Cage plays H.I. McDonough, who is a multi-robbing... Uh, uh, convenience store. Robber. Convenience store robber. And Holly Hunter plays Ed, who is a police officer. They fall in love over the multiple times that H.I. gets uh, arrested and put into jail, and he finally decides he's going to marry her. They want to have a kid. Can't have a kid. They end up stealing a baby from the Arizona family. Who Who had quintuplets. And that sets off a course of events as H.I. and Ed both realize that they aren't really prepared to be parents. And that what they did was wrong. And also there's Leonard Smalls, the bounty hunter, who's sort of slapstick Looney Tunes Anton Sugar. Oh, yeah. 100%. Apparently, the Coen brothers hate him. Hate the actor? Yeah. They said that he was too intense and they'd need to decide if they were going to work with him again. Really? Uh-huh. Uh, he's a, he was a boxer at the time. Who also was in a lot of movies as tall and large, intimidating man. Interesting. Apparently, he can't really act to save his life, so they were saying it was just also really hard trying to... Like, between, like, Nicolas Cage being like, hey, y'all, what if we did this? And this other guy who can't act, they were just like, meh, nope. No, but from what I was... The, the Coens have officially said, though, that they do... They would much rather work with someone like Cage where they have to rein him in as opposed to an actor that they have to push. Fair. Because mm-hmm. Cage is at least trying to bring his A-game. <laughs> trying. He's just bringing something different than what they want. I mean, he is bringing um, a lot of something. Mm-hmm. He looks like a drowned cat for a lot of the movie. It's great. But that's where you can get the Woody Woodpecker vibe is what they're trying to go for the hairstyle. Because they kind of have that weird, crazy mohawk that well, and the eyebrows Woody has. Too. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. eyebrows. The eyebrows are pretty fantastic. And the tattoo. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Why did he share the tattoo with... Did I miss something? Why did the... Why did Leonard... Also have a Roadrunner tattoo? Because he was partially birthed from the fears of High. It's supposed to be about, like, a metaphor for his uh, criminal past coming back to haunt him. (laughs) Ah, okay. Gotcha. Things I missed. I did not enjoy the terrible, weird birthing scene of John Goodman crawling out of the mud. Oh, see, I thought it was funny. It's just like, oh, this is like a comedic version of uh, other prison film I haven't seen. I probably never will. Shawshank, that's it. 
Shanky breaky heart. Yeah. Well, for what it's worth, Three Men and a Baby did come out in the same year and was actually the highest grossing movie of 1987. Well, it had the hugest of cats at the time, too. Mm -hmm. It is hard to stop that. Fair. So, this was definitely, like, the most, as much as we know that they had to rain cage in for this movie this movie seems like out of the ones we've watched so far for this podcast the first one where it's like oh he's actually doing something like he's not just standing around reading lines and kind of being a stick in the mud no he he brings a lot of like mm -hmm. energy to the character he does which i appreciate because it's kind of the exact opposite of what we have seen out of him thus far. Fair. He is also a little bit more of a seasoned actor by this point in the game. That's fair. Mm -hmm. I have to, to say, I didn't... mid-twenties by this point. Or maybe even early. No, still early twenties. But not quite the 18-year-old cage that we had in Valley Girl. No. It's definitely much less of a... Guy standing around existentially wondering what to do with his hands. Mm hmm. Which he was a lot of in Valley Girl and a little bit in Peggy Sue, too. Mm hmm. And the weird accent bullshit played out a lot better in this movie. Agreed. As opposed to when Peggy Sue got married. But it also, it also fits the tone of this film a lot more, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think he still does have a lot of existential worries, but here it it makes sense for the character. The man, he yes. knows how to make some great faces. When Holly Hunter punches him and his eyes go across, it's like, yeah. Yeah. That man knows how to do a comedic punch. <laughs> mm -hmm. I hope we will see that much more in his future. I did like that there were kind of like accidental allusions to the fact that he will be Ghost Rider. Like, this is not the only film we will get Nick Cage and a flaming motorcycle together in. Oh, no. I mean, there's also, uh, what no, was the one that was in 3D? <laughs> Drive Angry or... He drives a car in that one. Yeah, but doesn't he also come from hell? Because oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. First movie, correction, I believe it's the, still the only movie filmed entirely in 3D. Yep. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, the worst part, too, is that 3D is amazing. It actually does not look as good in 2D. Mm -hmm. It was a movie that I think I rented when I was just randomly watching movies that I could from, like, Redbox back in Arcanum. Oh, Oh no, my dad and I were both super hyped. We both went opening weekend for that one. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I will say, I did not enjoy this movie until the first car chase. Oh, uh, that car, car chase was amazing. It, it is, is a very good car chase. I would say, I think the first time I was in a similar point... But, like, if you know what you're getting, I think you can appreciate a lot of the small characterization and sort of how it builds the goofiness in more subtle ways to start. Because mm -hmm. it's like, while he's running around trying to figure out what what to do with the babies, 
it's a weird scene until you realize it should be more like if it was scored differently i think it could land a bit more because it's him not knowing what to do but instead i think he's actively unsure of what to be doing with the babies and it doesn't come off as clear as what he's supposed to do like is he trying to figure out which one he gets but yeah once you get to the car chase and it's like oh no this is some full-on ridiculous shit it's it's very good well, that's when that Carter Burwell, like, crazy, like, hootenanny score starts up, too. I also would have accepted it just with straight yakety sacks. Mm-hmm. There. Could have also worked. Yeah, I, the, the picking the baby scene is very odd. One it of those goes babies on. got fired. What? Apparently one of those babies learned to walk. Oh my god! In the, in the middle of filming, and one of the babies was fired. <laughs> there were like eight baby actors. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Child labor laws. Mm-hmm. But... You can only shoot with like a baby for a half hour or something like that? Something like that, yeah. But yeah, one of the babies learned how to walk, so they had to fire him. <laughs> uh, that is Co- great. Cohen's are intense. Mm-hmm. You also get the. Very limited role of Francis McDormand in the movie. Yeah. Well, by this point in time, uh, she and Joel Cohen are married. Huh. Is that why she's in every fucking Cohen Brothers film? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, initially, it's actually it's because it was for Blood Simple. It was uh, Holly Hunter was supposed to be the lead role, but she couldn't do it. But Francis McDormand was her roommate. <laughs> So she got the role instead, and then, yeah, now she and Joel Cohen are married. Well, how do you like that? That is the, I, again, that is the least Holly Hunter-looking Holly Hunter I have ever seen. How many Holly Hunters have you seen with her, though, at that age? None. But, like, okay. it, was, it was enough that I had to, like, actually look up and be like, okay, that's Holly Hunter. Mm-hmm. There were some, like, facial expressions where she looked more Holly Hunter-esque. But for the most part, it just blows my mind that that's Holly Hunter. That's fair. I'm definitely not. Okay. Oh, right. She drinks the sun tea in Batman v Superman. Lex Luthor's magical tea. What an insane reference point to have. I agree. For Holly Hunter. I For me, it's, get... oh, she's Zoe Kazan's mom in the hit film, The Big Sick. Yep. Let's see. Slash married to Ray Romano. Remember when Ray Romano was in that and how good he was? I oh, was yeah. happy to see Ray Romano in a good movie again. <laughs> Debra! Just one of those things where I forgot Ray Romano existed and then... I saw that movie and was like, oh yes, you exist, Ray Romano. And she is also in Incredibles. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I am familiar with Holly Hunter from the TV show Saving Grace. What what What's that one? It is... A- about it's a crime drama mm-hmm. and 
She is a detective. Okay. Because I am a white woman who likes to keep up my quota of watching crime dramas. Fair. Fair. I have probably currently watched more NCIS during quarantine than is healthy to consume. And she criticizes me because I pointed out that they're putting a bunch of One Piece on the Netflix. And I was said, I'm going to eat that. I Watch don't that. care about either of those things. Live I mean, you really fucking should. weed. <laughs> I am the least weeaboo. I watch basic ass anime. But yeah, this was interesting to see. You could, you're right, Devin. You could definitely tell that it was his. That was Cage's first, like, real, like, yes, he is the star of this movie. But I don't know. It was. It was good. I would watch it again and see if the first half is more enjoyable on the second watching. Because really, I kind of felt like the first half was more like. Everyone sucks here. And I don't know. There was something about the car chase that really endeared me to both Ed and High mm-hmm. that I didn't have before that. And before that, it was just kind of like, why the fuck am I caring about either of these people who both kind of suck? The first I, half I think- is kind of like a whole character setup. It's It's very, like establishing for everyone yes it's and then very, the second half is just like okay now now the action's going let's have some fun it's <laughs> very cohen brothersy like i think the first half is definitely more what you get in like fargo yeah where there's stuff where it's like i don't know why this scene is shot there or like what this is supposed to do but uh Plus, with the chase scene, too, you also have the great influence of Sam Raimi coming in there with those great uh, panning camera shots of all the chases. It is great how that is all just actual stunt work Mm -hmm. and camera work instead of what we'd get nowadays. 100%. I did enjoy the fact that they kind of sucked at stealing a baby because i've seen enough of like i've seen and read enough kidnap the child from its home and try to convince it that you are its own parent but it's like it's 1987 you should be getting across state lines as soon as possible despite the fact that it's a felony because of the Lindbergh baby and you should just be setting up your entire plot right now mm-hmm. and they really sucked at kidnapping that baby so hard well, to be fair, again, it's a sta- very established that Cage only likes to rob convenience stores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't fair. know. He doesn't know other crime, even to the point where he didn't really want to. Why he didn't want to rob the bank with uh, John Goodman? <laughs> yeah, oh, John Goodman with mutton chops is excellent. Basically, Nicholas Cage is Snake from The Simpsons. He robs the Quickie Mart, and that's all. <laughs> It's very fair. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Snake also does try and rob the Simpsons. That's true. Yeah, Nicolas Cage did successfully steal a baby. Mm-hmm. Damn, exactly. And Snake stole Flanders TV. Yeah. We've been watching Simpsons more. 
Good. Because I was should. like, I was like, hey, Devin told me he has all the spectacular Spider-Man. We could watch that. And Abby said no. That's unfair. But The Simpsons is better. You should keep watching that. Uh, I mean, we're we're in season nine now. Like we just did the Cartridge Family. Yes. And uh, we're getting to what I consider the second book era, because that's when the second Simpsons episode guide uh, covered issues. Which I still and, think those episodes are good. Quite sure oh, I think no, it really starts to go downhill closer to like 18. <laughs> uh, now then sometimes we will have to discuss what you consider the Weezer errors as eras as well because i'm sure that's also fascinating oh i thought you were going to say comparing like simpsons to weezer there's best weezer which is blue and pinkerton and then there's others that are still fine the green album is good maladroit is the unsung hero album of their entire discography make believe half of it is fine half of it is bad but Beverly Hills still fucking jams. See, where you... Question, where do you consider Perfect Situation to fall on that discography? I enjoy that song. It is a very good song. Yeah. I mean, Devin and I, in another world, did do a Weezer podcast. Yeah, Luke is fucking wrong on all of his bullshit, and he can go shut the hell up, but... (laughs) Yeah, because Luke can have really crappy taste in music sometimes. I mean, we all have our weird, bad tastes. No, some things. of them are just factually wrong, which are confusing. You're like, oh, I like this song because it's more complex. What you said about Photograph, which is literally the same three fucking basic chords for the entire two-minute song. That was a Is it a photograph song. of love? Yeah, it's a great Damn song, it. but it's just like, but it's not a complicated song. It's three chords. And then Mine after that, the first half of the Red Album is good, the second half is situation. bad. Yeah, da, da, I don't think we should record at night again. <laughs> what happens after Red Album? Uh, oh, that was Ratitude. That album's garbage except for like three songs. What about Hurley? Is Hurley next? Yeah, Hurley's next. Uh, some of the songs on Hurley are actually fine. How? I'm gonna give myself a heart attack by figuring out when did Ratitude come out? Because in my brain that came out like three years ago. Uh, it came out in 2009. Yeah, yeah, that, that checks out. Over a decade. Oof, oof, I don't like that. And then, yeah, and then Hurley came out. Then we had the, a gap for the first time in forever because beforehand they were just churning out one album a year. And then, yeah, 2014 hits, everything will be alright, and the end came out, that album was good. Then they followed that up with the White Album. That album was very good. Then they did Pacific Daydream. That album was bad. But then they rebounded with the, the Teal Album, all their covers. All those covers are great. I love them. And then they made the Black Album, the real album. That album was also bad. And then they have the new single from Van Weezer. I like that single. And it will soon be shipping to me along with my Weezer barbecue apron that hopefully I will be able to use this summer. 
I just had the random idea that if there was a Weezer Monopoly, you would already have it, Devin. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Again, only... where's the Weezer brand face mask? I have the Weezer brand Snuggie, the barbecue apron, the tin <laughs> lunchbox. Where's, where's the face mask? Now, which, which type of face mask are you envisioning here? Do you want a, like, costume mask? Or do you want one of those, like, cartoon animal skincare masks where you can just have... No, like a breathing mask. Yeah, like the breathing mask so I don't die of COVID-19. Oh, okay. So, neither. We were Me- we were just playing homonym. Yes. And I failed. Yeah, yeah, no, no. The I, I've had this conversation with Devin before. My Coke Romance is even shelling out some of them, so... We just well, yeah, they, they want to prevent the Black Parade. Yeah. Actually, apparently there's right. just repurposed ones that they never ended up selling. I Fair. believe that. They were, were going to play some show in the desert, and it was actually to, so that you didn't choke from dust. Jesus. But then, but then they never did that show, so they're like, yeah, we have all these face masks, so... Yeah, it is. I bet I didn't even think about the fact that they were supposed to tour this year. Yeah, I have tickets, and it's probably going to get canceled. When is it? When are your tickets for? September. Uh, yeah, probably. Just like the Weezer show with Green Day and Fall Out Boy in August is also probably going to get canceled. Yeah, I was supposed to go to Loverfest East. That's not till next year now. What is this? Taylor Swift. (gasps) Damn. I would love to go to that. I have a friend who has four extra tickets right now, actually. Nice. <laughs> Devin, do you want... <laughs> if you need a ticket in here, let me know, because I know I someone who has extras. Might. Okay. Devin loves Taylor Swift. I do I... love most of Taylor Swift. Yeah. Lover was great. The album before, that album was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Which is my favorite when she makes that reference in the Kanye, or to the song about Kanye West about how sticks and stones never broke her bones. It's like, yes, but it did ruin your last album. Yeah. Did you watch her documentary? I did. Yeah, the part where, like, her hearing that, like, she got zero Grammy nominations from that was just kind of like, oh yeah, this is... Except for Are You Ready For It? I do actually like that song. No, it's a good song. Everything else... No, I'd say there are a couple that are okay off that album. Did listen to it a ton. I hated the lead single. Yeah, that's fair. It's kind of like not great. <sighs> we should not record at night. No, this is what people are coming for. I this mean, is what the people crave. Yeah. <laughs> Tangents. Like, we don't really spend a lot of time talking about. <laughs> The movie, we're here because people enjoy us talking. I have talked to people who did listen to it. Like Jeff. The other Jeff? Uh-huh. Nice. Who have enjoyed the fact that this is essentially just a long tangent podcast? Uh-huh. I mean, there's other Nicolas Cage podcasts out there, but we're the only one that currently has a really weird distribution market. I do need to just make a Luke Hare podcast project feed 
they put this and like the Animal Crossing horror role playing game that I did and whatever other weird stuff that I do into. First off, look at us super timely covering Valley Girl right as the Valley Girl trailer came out, which I I was messing around with my headphones. Abby, what did you think of the trailer? Oh, I fucking hated it. Yeah. I didn't think I would want to punch anybody in the face more than I kind of wanted to punch Nick face in the cage in the face, but whoever the fuck is playing his character in this one has a real punchable face. Yeah, he does. Punch like, I feel face. like you guys don't understand like what the first one was. No, it, it's going and it's like, oh, hey, you know how this first one like was an actual view on 80s culture and because it was made in 1984. Music. And yeah. it brought music into the zeitgeist. Uh, now we're just going to try and capture that zeitgeist in a completely fake way. It's just going to be... With take on me, it's just like, why? I mean, pretty much it's like, hey, you know that thing that started all of the tropes? Well, just here are all the tropes. We've just regurgitated them back into the thing that spawned a lot of them. Yeah. It's Jim, but worse. So... Like, I like almost so much the cast, but it's just like, why... I don't know. The only people I recognized from that cast are Logan Paul when he gets punched in the face, or Jake no, Paul. No. I'm truly not sure which Paul. That it's is. Logan. 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 Because it's the I one that didn't... dated Chloe Bennett. Who I didn't even see in the trailer, or I didn't She's recognize there. her. She's like and the then... best friend character. Well, and then Mae Whitman plays the other best friend character, who was just kind of like I had my first like. Oh no, sweetie, you're too old to be playing 16-year-olds now. Oh, I know. Well, Chloe Bennett is like 30, isn't she? No, she's no. like 24. Mae Whitman is 33. Yeah, no, because Chloe Bennett... No, she's a little bit older, but not a whole lot. She's like 25, 26, I She think. is 28. Shit, we're the same age. She turned 28 four days ago. Happy birthday, Chloe Bennett. Your new trailer for your new movie looks bad. I'm glad that you've broken up with the jackass that you met while filming that movie. Yes. Okay, so she was in, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when she was 21. Like, super baby, yeah. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Which final season airing soon? That show is still on. Hell yeah, and that show's been great every season. Except for most of season one. I, I tapped out, I think, partway through season two. Oh, see, season two with the Inhumans, that was pretty good. Three was very good. Four was excellent. Then you got time travel. Yeah, we Ghost have like Rider. season 12 now? Seven. Uh, seven. Oh, it seems like it's been so much longer than that. Next, it came out right after The Avengers came out, which was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, crazy with how many Marvel movies have come out since then, because since The then, Avengers seemed like such an eternity ago. Mm-hmm. We've moved on to a completely different phase. Remember when aliens were just invading? Now they're, like, wiping out entire universes. All your favorites are dead. <laughs> Unless yeah. they're back. Yeah. And we got a Spider-Man. Hell yeah. Best thing. Agreed. Spider-Man who actively uses 
drones. I love drone Spider-Man. Hell yeah. Just like when Doc Ock was Spider-Man to use drones. Mm-hmm. Spider drones. Dude, spider drones are good. Mm-hmm. Spones. Hmm. Oh, I started reading the uh, comics that we're going to be covering next time on Multiversal Q and the very good yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, the very good Spider-Man swimming issue is like the second Spider-Man issue that we'll be covering there. Good. Mm-hmm. That's a good issue. <laughs> oh yeah, it is damn good. It is damn good. It's the only good thing to come out of Ultimatum. Uh, I don't know. The story where Ben Grimm and Mole Man have to travel inside Sue Storm's body because it turns out that Reed was putting nanomachines so he could control everybody. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Devin, I have an important question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think if you had been Lenny that you would have been able to figure out which grenade the pin had been pulled on and save yourself because that seemed like it took way fucking too long oh for sure first off <laughs> yeah that was like a solid minute it felt like between yeah the pin being pulled he could and have the explosion. definitely divested himself of well, it was my thing was just like just take off the entire jacket sir then you could have thrown the jacket at nick cage and then blown him up you both sound like people who would see a looney tunes cartoon and be like Oh, I don't see why Elmer Fudd didn't see that the sign now reads Elmer Season. What a fool. Well, he did, that's why he had to run. Yeah. I did once trick my sister doing the, I'll do it, you'll, I'll do it, no, you'll do it. And then I finally got her to say that she would wash the dishes instead of me. Like, doing that switch. It was very good. I was happy to see that it finally worked. I don't believe that that story is true. No, I also I believe that your sister probably would beat you up after that happened, depending on what ages this all happened at. Okay. Call me a liar. Uh well, anything else we want to talk about for raising Arizona? I mean, the plot line of two men of three men and a baby is not all that different. It's kind of like a reverse reverse raising Arizona. Oh, but here's Dude, actually the movie that I was confusing with Three Men and a Baby, which was not Arizona. I was confusing it with the other Tom Selleck film, Cop and a Half. <laughs> we gave this baby a gun <laughs> and leap and a license to kill. Yeah. Tom, keep your partner in check. My favorite shot from Raising Arizona is when Nathan Jr. pulls down his hoodie. When he's in the backseat of the car. That was a good scene. Because that's just damn adorable. Alright, so next time on our The Unbearable Weight of Nicolas Cage. We have to figure out what we're doing. Oh, no, it's Moonstruck. Yeah, I was oh, going to say, okay. no, it's the, it's the Cher oh. superstar film, Moonstruck. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's Nicolas Cage. No, thank you. So, yeah, I will say, uh, for this film, I do, like, this was the, like I said, this was the first movie I felt like he was, like, truly, like, acting in and not just like a glorified extra is harsh and I don't mean it quite that way but in terms of like demeanor and like what the fuck he's actually doing like this felt a lot more purposeful on his part 
thin, it wasn't, films it, we've watched. It wasn't what about like him as a romantic act- lead? I mean, I will take him as a bumbling idiot romantic lead, and that seemed way more believable. Like, this is definitely the most believable I have seen him as a romantic lead thus far. Is he a himbo in this movie? No. Because he does crime. Well, he's not buff enough. Yeah, that's also true. He's just kind of like a skinny, bumbling, lovable dum-dum. All right. Well, Devin, where can mm-hmm. people find you online? Well, you can find me online at Fred of Feth, that's F-R-E-D-D-O, F-E-T-T, and Luke, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at @coldreg. that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. Devin and I are both on the Multiverse of Q podcast. Where we're covering Ultimatum next. And Abby, where can people find you online? You can find me at Twitter at Abnonhus. That's A B B B. Fuck. That's A B B N O N Y M O U S. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Next time, Moonstruck. Catch you on the flip mode. Bye. Are you going to say goodbye, Devin? Farewell. Abito send goodbye. <laughs> that night I had a dream. I drifted off thinking about happiness, birth, and new life. But now I was haunted by a vision of blah 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 blah. blah. He was horrible. I want to suck your blood. <laughs> I also want to suck your twinkie. <laughs> A man with all the powers of hell at his command. Oh, bitch, is this in 3D? No, but your face is. You could turn the day into night. Have a nice flight. And laid to waste everything in his path. Oh, well, here by Big Pepper, I guess I did. It was especially hard on little things. The helpless and the gentle creatures. You mean my wife? He let the scorched earth in his wake be foul on even the sweet desert breeze that whipped across his brow. You mean my wife? I didn't know where he came from and why. You mean my wife? I know if you would dream or vision. You mean my wife? But I feared that I myself had unleashed him. You mean my wife?